Hello, Chris. What's up, Jason? I've been snotty for like three weeks. Snotty by nature. Oh, man. I, uh, getting back from RailsConf, I like had terrible sinus problems and stuff. And, uh, I think this Saturday I got back, I slept like 16 hours that day or something. I was wrecked. It was bad. Yikes. That sounds no good. Yeah, I'm I'm good now, but boy, yeah, I was like, I, I I'd be happy if this never happened again. <laughs> yeah, I was I was feeling pretty sick on the way to RailsConf. Mostly like I was outdoors the entire weekend, and I'm allergic to anything outside, anything and everything. So yeah, I was I had similar issues when I was up there, but yeah, I thought, I thought going to the Great North would be better on my allergies but now turns out it was worse how <laughs> how'd you uh find the conference it was fine uh i was so exhausted when i got home like i got home like noon my time and like i want to spend time with the kids but i was like Whoa. but it was fun uh it was nice if you might didn't know, we shared a room and it was nice. Like, I don't know. There's part of me that was like, I like my alone time, I guess. But the other time it was always nice having like somebody to do the conference with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you get to go just a- anything you're doing. It ends up a little bit easier because you got somebody you can, you know, rely on for random little things of like, oh, we need to run back to the room for something or whatever right. it is, you know. Yeah, and like, oh, we have to walk like 10 minutes to the conference. Like, it's not like a boring, quiet walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was on the Ruby on Rails podcast this earlier this week to talk about my experience um, in the conference. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, go download that episode. But um, we're going to touch a little bit on your experience um, because I know one of the things uh, is you started working on a new project during the conference. But before we dive into that, um, what did you think of uh, the talks and stuff? Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know if I'm ashamed or excited to admit, uh, this was a conference I attended like the least amount of talks on, which is like, I think this was my fifth Rails comp. So like, for sure, like all I did was talks, but I didn't know anyone. Uh, and like, as I met more people over the years, like this year, like the more I just wanted to like talk to people, uh, mm-hmm. which is, I guess now where I get the majority of my value out of the conference. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a very similar position. And I think, I think a lot of people, the more that you attend or like the further you get into the, you know, industry or whatever, you end up like the the networking ends up being the most useful part of things and then at the beginning you're like interested in the technology and all the talks and things and at some point you're like well i've probably seen a lot of this stuff or you know experienced it by now and uh for what you don't you're like well i can just watch it afterwards because uh they're all recorded and will be published but what i can't do afterwards is go talk to people so I, I'm with you on that. I think it's like uh, a thing that most people end up shifting over time from, you know, attending talks to spending more time trying to talk to people. 
Yeah, and it's like it wasn't because like the talks were bad. Like there were like we talked on the last episode. Like there were a lot of interesting talks, but you kind of like nailed it when you said like they're recorded. Into like a lot of those, like a lot of times when I watch talks, like they kind of like start to just like pique my interest on things. But like it's going home and like actually diving into a topic, you know. So yeah, you don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a limited amount of time, so they can't get super detailed into anything. And yeah, you end up just being like, oh, you want to read more about this or whatever. And um, yeah, the the talks themselves can only be kind of a, a teaser in a way. Um, so that, that'll be, yeah, kind of the same across the board. I imagine even for the workshops too, you know, like the, I know Ernesto did uh, Upgrading Rails workshop and I, I i know he talked about like having people bring their own rails apps which is really cool but i imagine like upgrading a rails app takes quite a lot of time so he can only kind of touch on some of the higher level stuff or the easier things or you know something like that that um is just like something time boxed with even though those workshops were what two or three talks long um you just can't dive in super deep on it so yeah caught uh the opening closing keynote and then uh a couple of talks in between dhh's keynote uh was really good trying to think back to if there's anything like yeah he talked a lot about you know kind of we're gonna we were thinking about this before that talk to like the boots or uh burnout and it was kind of like, I liked his point on the sort of weird way that the open source projects have kind of evolved into, they're now trying to be salesy and markety to compete with like paid things. But that was interesting. Like it is super, yeah. super fascinating how that's turned out where these open source projects are like, everybody's got a logo and all this stuff and marketing pages and whatever. And it's, that's just not how it used to be. Yeah, it almost feels like a requirement. Like, yeah, it really does. Like nobody's gonna. It's not true, but like it, it does feel a little bit like oh, people aren't gonna use this if it's like not sexy enough. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, like he was saying, you know, it's probably not a great thing, but it's it's probably also not awful either. But, um, like the reason a lot of people got into all this was just because they enjoyed it and they wanted to contribute and, you know, build stuff for fun because they, they liked it. And, uh, that seems to be changing a bit where people are doing it more for, you know, I'm going to build this. So hopefully I can get Patreon supporters or something and like support to continue doing this and, whatever and and you know it, it's good to see stuff like uh sidekick and whatever get financial backing and sell a pro license but um and, and make stuff sustainable but there's also kind of like uh people are trying to default to that i guess from the beginning you know and and make it um and maybe only choosing to do some things because they think they can make money off of it eventually um whereas like rails was purely started out of like uh hey we're building this for our business but it'd be nice if we just shared this with everyone 
Um, and they kind of did that for fun. Yeah. I should also say that personally, like I, I understand like the trend towards that because I am typically more likely to be, if like I'm choosing between two libraries, I am typically like more interested in the one that like, how do I put it? It's like well marketed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's like a level of care there at the same time. Mm hmm. It's something you can maybe feel more confident relying on because, you know, like Sidekick, if there's money going into it, then it's likely going to be better maintained, you know? Uh, Yeah. And there's, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with libraries that don't do that. Like, there's a lot of really well written Ruby libraries that are just like, here's the default, like, Jim Speck, read me. And like, they're great. It's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. um, That's weird. It touches on like this weird thing that happens um, where, you know, like a gem or a library or something that's open source might be really well maintained for five or 10 years or something and then start to be less um, maintained because the, the creator of it has just like they moved on to something else, a different business or whatever, and they don't use that anymore. And so it stops getting maintained well. And there's like no, no good way of transitioning the maintainership over to new people. Um, and like people can fork on GitHub and like kind of move to their own version, but it's still like Google and everything's going to link to the original one. And you're going to have to go search through the like forked repositories and see if maybe there's something good and better maintained. But it just like things things don't have a a good way of evolving um, over time still into, you know, or to transition owners and things. And it's definitely tough because you, you have like some philosophies on how you want the project to work in the long run. And how do you transition that to people with similar um, outlooks on things? And I know uh, Matt's, I guess is talking about that a little bit on, he knows he's going to retire from working on Ruby at some point. So how do you uh, move that onwards? And that's definitely a really tough question. I have, I have no idea, and it doesn't seem like the open source community as a whole has a great solution for that yet. And there's just not a good process for it. Yeah, I have, I have negative amounts of solutions for that. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah. what was your favorite talk? That you did. Uh, you only went to a couple, but yeah, I went to Craig from St. Louis. Yeah, That's, Craig Buchek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his talk on using the repository pattern with Active Record. Uh, so we actually had a talk like that at Southeast Ruby last year from uh, Chris Coleman, and I don't know that it really fascinates me because. Sorry, Snotty. Uh, like that, that's one of the approaches like ROM RB takes. And like he even talked about ROM in the talk. And I struggle because like I want to use like more of those patterns. But I feel like if I'm using Active Record, I should just like use Active Record. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, I, I do. I, it does make sense. But that was kind of the point Craig was trying to make was like 
what if we had the best of both worlds? Because Active Records actually really good in a lot of ways, um, and there's some interesting things that you know, like change sets and things from uh, Phoenix or whatever, like uh, offer you. And so I think he was trying to eventually, because he was talking about basically this new library he's building that is trying to merge the two into some interesting um, hybrid of them that gives you the best of both worlds. But he's like way, way early on on that. So I, I was excited to watch that. Like it seems pretty interesting. Um, it's and- definitely something I would use uh, if you launched it, like at least try it out. Yeah. But like I want to use ROM so bad. Huh. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I think there's even like a, a ROM Rails uh, library. And then like I bought a book uh, by Ryan Big called Exploding Rails. And it talks about, I think it's like using dry transaction and dry and using ROM in Rails application. So like dry transaction uh, is essentially like the it's modeled after the railway oriented programming approach so that. Like if you're doing a sequence of transactions or like if you have service object, for example, like if something fails early on, you don't want to do the rest of the things. So like Mm -hmm. you just cut out right there and you don't, you cut off to like the failure track. You don't continue down the happy track. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's all really fascinating and it's like, it's something I really want to move to. I just like, I know that we're not going to do that at work. Like, it's not like we use, we use the interactor pattern at work and it works well. Uh, we use the interactor gym and then like, I mean, we're just, I can't, it would be very difficult to walk and be like, Hey, let's try to use a completely like different ORM because like we're so invested in active record. So like that really leaves me to like do that kind of stuff on my side projects. Uh, but then the other struggle is like with some side projects, I just really want to ship them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so it's like finding the balance of the right. Like, it's really like, I just need to build an application that like has no deadline, like may never launch. So it's just tough because time. Yeah. Is right. yeah I feel you on that. There's no, ability for us it's funny because when you're learning you have like you know no constraints and you can do whatever you want and explore all these things and you feel like that's kind of what people do professionally but it's not you know you're you're limited by i gotta get this done by this time and whatever for work and then if you're doing stuff on the side you're like well, I've done a few of these projects and tried some greenfield stuff and then just never shipped them. And at some point you're like, I, I need to focus more on getting things out the door than I do like trying something new. And then it just doesn't leave you a whole lot of time to go experiment with brand new stuff. And I think that's why you tend to see a lot of companies like, you know, they want to explore microservices or something so that they're like, oh, potentially we could just like, you know, I can learn Go and rebuild this piece of it in Go. And um, it's also the thing that bites a lot of companies, like adopting Mongo too soon or for, you know, just because it sounds good and uh, their business doesn't really actually get any benefit from using it. 
there's all kinds of those stories, you know, and then, um, you know, it just goes poorly if you do that on work projects. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's a tough thing to balance. I think I definitely want to try some of that stuff too. And I just don't have the time. So I just had my aha moment. What's that? Uh, I should just like try and like teach some of that stuff. So I have an excuse to like learn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do some guest screencasts, I know a site. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, don't, I really like, for me, that might be the way I have to learn it right now. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I do get to learn all kinds of things because I have to just kind of, you know, I, it's, I get to do it for fun and it, it ends up, it does end up for me being actually, you know, work I get paid for. Um, if I do learn something new and teach it like view or whatever. So that, that's a good idea. Yeah. Cause like, I want to learn those things. Like I like, I don't, I borderline like crave wanting to learn those things. I really like, like I've become friends with a couple of people in like the dry RB and like ROM community. Uh, like we had Tim on the show. Like, I just think what they're doing is so cool and I want to use it. It's just like how, Yeah. <laughs> but if I learn it like by like teaching it or just like sitting down and doing dummy projects, like then I'm probably more inclined to uh, be able to use it in new projects. Cause I'll know it better. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. A heck of an aside. Uh, so yeah, we, we spent our nights locked in a hotel room with Andrew, uh, coding away on something. Yeah. I think, uh, this is one of the things that I've like when you're normal, I mean, I work from home, so like, I don't get to spend a whole lot of time with other Ruby developers. Um, and like getting together at a conference is always a pretty, you know, good time to kind of feed off the energy of other people and the ideas and things. And, um, so we started working on a new project that I'll let you introduce, but this is something I've done kind of at like every conference. Like I want to go, but also in the, maybe during the talks or in the evenings or in between talks, just like code on an idea that I've wanted to do for a long time. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed being in a conference for that kind of, you know, you know, feeding off that energy. Yeah. Uh, so actually like before I go into that, that is RailsConf Kansas city. Uh, that was, that was actually the year we met. You weren't at the conference, but you came up. Yeah. Came to visit meet you. Yeah. That's actually where we first talked about Laravel. Oh, (laughs) cause I was like telling you all the things about Laravel. And now we're so you put we're, that seed in my brain. I now see. We're uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's actually like that's actually a good segue. So at night, that's actually how I started working on Pay originally. Was I was like, I just want to port Laravel Cashier into Ruby, and I think like the first name was like Bank Teller or something like that, and it was a very very poor implementation. Uh, but that's like that's where I started, like because. I don't think maybe that was Rails Comp 2016. It was 2016. We didn't have kids yet. Uh, and yes, yeah, so like I just, I was like, I have no like stress at home, like that is with me here at this conference. 
So I just went back to my room every night, like after the after parties. I'd like, I remember I'd order a club sandwich up to the room and just coat away. And that's like kind of one of my favorite things about conferences, like you said, is like, you know, it's even better this year because this is the first year I've worked on something with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So about February, beginning of February, right before I went to Vegas, I started working on a admin rails engine and uh i got pretty far with it in like a couple of weeks and then i didn't do anything with it like most projects in my life uh it kind of was built out of i remember when we were like first working on jumpstart they were like there's a lot of admin gems and like they all do like certain things really well but i feel like there's like there's certain limitations you hit with all of them in different ways. And that was kind of a struggle we had. And I was like, what if we could like try and rethink this? I don't know. It was a very naive attempt, but I really liked where it went. And then I didn't work on it. And then you messaged me right for RailsConf for like, Hey, are you still working on this? And I was like, no, <laughs> uh, but let's do it next week. And so we got pretty far with it. So essentially it is, it's called Mad Men, M-A-D-M-I-N. Pun uh, intended. Oh, so great. I was so proud of that. It's my proudest moment in life. I mean, <laughs> kids and marriage and all that. Uh, but yeah, so we're still working on it. Uh, we've got essentially the way it works is you define a resource, which like at this time lines up one-to-one with like an active record model. You define fields. So like they are, class methods uh, or classes. Yeah. Class methods that you say like, like you do like a has one uh, or has many and you give it a, the association name, you do that. So if you say field, the key name, and then from there you give it a type, uh, well, we, which we call a field. So you have like a text field, text area field, image field, things like that. Uh, you can show, you can choose also in that definition right there. Like, should it be, in an index view, should we show this field? Is this field editable or not? And it feels pretty good so far. Yeah, um, I really like it. I, I've used these admin interfaces for, I don't know, a very long time. Because when I was consulting, it was a really quick hack to you know add a, some sort of admin dashboard for for people. But the thing was like, I, I never really used Rails admin too much. I used Active Admin quite a lot. Um, but that one was like, you have to learn a DSL, which is annoying. And then you had to have like, I mean, they encouraged you to write your HTML in Ruby in, in these admin areas. And that was always weird um, with Arbre or something, uh, whatever the library is for that. And then the, the thing that I found the most frustra- frustrating was like, it doesn't generate, it just generates like an empty file. And then the whole admin interface just kind of uh, is metaprogrammed for you. And so it's sort of invisible and you have a, you have no way to really uh, configure little pieces of things. So if you wanted to change like the user dropdown, instead of like loading every user out of the database to change it to like a user ID field, just to type in a number, um, those were like things where you had to, you had to like rewrite all of 
administrates generated stuff from by hand from scratch, which is like annoying. Like I, I would prefer if you just generated it, even if it was commented out, if I could uncomment it and then go change the little things I want to do so much easier. And, you know, there's just little nuances of that. Um, it tended to be a little bit slow, but there's certainly those things of like the filters and the sidebar um, for your associations and things would like load every single user uh, out of the database just to populate a select box. And you're like, eh, not, not the best. Maybe, you know, we could do an Ajax version of this instead, but um, you know, I was kind of like, man, the other thing I really wish was just like, we had something that was kind of like regular rail scaffold. So you can go in and add your own actions and things. And they had their own DSL for it. Um, and eventually I was like going to build my own and right before I started it or was going to start it, uh, administrate came out, which is more or less exactly what I was looking for. And it's, like 90% of what I wanted, but, um, there's a lot of little things that it just, you know, they're a busy company, right? The ThoughtBot is busy doing plenty of things. So they haven't been able to kind of maintain it to support all the active storage and other things like built in. And I think this is kind of where, uh, Mad Men spawned from was like, you know, maybe we just build something similar to that, um, and just do it, uh, the way we need for like want to support all the like active or active storage and all those things built in and virtual attributes and whatnot and you know I think that'll be a, a really good project for for you know a new Rails admin um, can never hurt to have more like versions out there but um, so far I really like what we've come up with so so. Like you've been working on this for a while before RailsConf, right? Yeah, I put a couple of weeks in uh, of work a few months ago, and like because I couldn't really... remember where we were, where we started from when we got to RailsConf. Because one of the nice things was like you were sitting and coding, and we're we're not really pair programming, but like you had Andrew and I to pick our brains on when you had a question of like, I wonder how we should do this. And we could all talk it out right there and you could just dive right back into the code and do it. Yeah, that was really nice. So like I had a pretty decent foundation laid. I ended up rewriting a lot of it um, as one does, but uh, yeah, that was the best part. I think we started on it maybe the night we got there after dinner and like we talked it out like Andrew started like working on docs and like, I would just like lift my head and be like, this is a problem uh, or like something I need to think through and everybody helped me think through it. And then there were a couple of times where y'all had already started like preemptively thinking through things to where like when I lifted my head, you gave me an answer. I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's fun. I don't, it is, it is a priority for me to get this out soon ish. Uh, but what I, I think what we'll do is put up a landing page today, which will be tomorrow when this drops. And if like, that's something you're interested in, I'd really love to like, uh, I'd actually, I'd really love to talk to you like, and learn what your needs are and, 
what you like, what you don't like. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, if you you can reach out to me personally, or you can also join uh, the mailing list. It's madmen.dev. Uh, cool. Not a, awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this. I think there's, you know, uh, there's a need for it. Um, but also it's just good to have another option too. Um, but I, I like the approach to it. Uh, it's been really easy to like, you know, go build stuff with it and hopefully, you know, all the rest of these features we plan on adding will be, equally as easy to use um i know things just slowly get more and more complicated but um there's just so much with the the it it just makes things like customer support and stuff so easy to be able to drop in an admin interface like that like i use one pretty much every day for um go rails and hashbox like if someone asked me for uh they can't remember to how to log in or whatever, like I can go confirm that, you know, Oh, you used a different email address or something. Um, all kinds of little tiny things like that are really handy. Um, and none of them really have supported like file uploading and stuff very well. Um, and it's kind of hard to do cause this is all generic too, but I feel like the ability to customize it and make it, specific to your app is kind of the the real value here in the long run yeah i uh i'm not sure like if this will be a thing we sell i think i think there will be some aspect of it i'm not sure yet yeah we should talk about that because laravel nova is a paid admin interface for laravel of course and uh i mean the nice part about that is like you you have you have money going into the project, which means that like the quality of it can be high, because you know if either you're really incentivized to work on it more and maintain it, or um, you have money to go pay someone to go help if you're busy, you know, and then that just means that like instead of it stagnating like some of the other admins might over time as people come and go from contributing, like money coming in allows us to actually dedicate uh, effort to that, which is, I think, really good and something that the Rails community really needs to do more of because Laravel is doing phenomenal with that. And it really, really helps the quality, like the bar gets raised for everyone that way. Yeah, that's a really good point. I also uh, I also thought about like the Mike Param like sidekick model where like and, and love your opinion on this like where there is like a good set of like open source functionality, uh, but then adding on features that are like paid. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think the only I mean the hard part about that is just where do you draw the line? You know, right. um, and he has something that's pretty natural to like uh, draw the line at. And maybe there's something similar um, for an admin interface, like, you know, uh, maybe just a basic admin interface, but things like graphs or I don't know, Stripe integration or something. I'm not really sure uh, where the line gets drawn, but I I would love to, you know, hear what people think uh, as well. Like, 
you know, how do you make something like this that can make money, but can also be available for some, you know, smaller version that's free so that it can be like sustainable um, in the long run and just get better and better and better instead of slowly degrade over time. Yeah, that's one of my like fears is like I don't want to launch this and then like uh burn out on it, which like can happen also, like if you get paid, but like I don't know, we've put a, so far a lot of time into this and like I, I hope that we can like keep the quality high. Yeah. Another like idea I've had is making it like pretty extensible so like maybe making Mad Men like pretty like here are all the things like you might want to use out of the box and then like almost doing like a uh, I'm even scared to say this word but like a plug-in model like a paid add-on model mm-hmm. I, know. I don't know doesn't uh, Laravel Nova have something kind of like that like people are yeah, building those I don't think anybody has any paid add-ons. I think they're all free. Yeah, I get, that makes sense. But yeah, that would be cool. It definitely seems like a longer-term kind of thing. It just doesn't seem super uh, easy to do for launch, if that makes sense. No, totally. Yeah. I don't know. These are things going around in my head, and we can, people can, if you're listening, tell us what you think. Uh, yeah, I'd love I'd love to hear feedback on it. Um, I'm sure if people have used uh, other admin interfaces, they've faced you know frustrations with them over time. And um, there's ones too, like what was it called, Forest Admin? That's like a paid um, admin interface, but it's also like it's kind of interesting. It's like a, a a single page app hosted on their server. But then it just uses your app as a backend, um, and they just like expose an API for your models. It's kind of uh-huh. interesting, um, and they're like you know trying to be an actual business out of it. I'm not sure what their their pricing is, but it it was like a um something that's kind of evolved. They're like I, I think they're a funded startup out of France or something. They're pretty cool, um, and it's kind of I guess similar to what we're talking about but not uh i don't know we're we're wanting to like bootstrap something and like build just a little product that we can offer that people can use without having to like make a major kind of i don't know take investment and do all the funded company things like we want to be able to do things i'd like to see more individuals be able to like you know more people like mike perham who can launch a little thing for the community and run that to good success and not really have to go the, you know, route of we have employees and all this stuff. It seems like a great little, or there's a lot of opportunity, I think for little things that make good money. Yeah. The thing I want is like, I want it to be so good that like as a Ruby or rails developer, you like see this, you're like, this is a no brainer. Like, uh, this helps me like, this is good. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what happens. It's my first, like, uh, my first venture into something like this. So 
But yeah. luckily, I have you and Andrew with me. And I'm excited to see how it goes. I've wanted to, you know, just I tried contributing to administrate and just it's slow, slow moving over there. And so I was like, the the week before RailsConf was when I messaged you about like, yo, are you still working on this? Because I'm ready. <laughs> If you're not going to do it, I am. Yeah, that's basically what I was like. Okay, I need to move on this because, I mean, it's been one of the things that I used in Jumpstart. And it's like, well, if you're going to cause me problems, um, I'll just, I guess, rebuild my own. And it's not like and the the core of an admin is not that complicated. Um, it just is like, well, I don't want to maintain a fork of administrate and never have any of my changes like merged in, like I can go my own direction and like do it the way that I think will be a little bit more intuitive in certain areas and have, you know, I think things like uh, active storage support built in and action text and that stuff just needs to be there. Like if you're building an admin for Rails, it should just work and it should be ready to go. Like maybe before that comes out too, you know, for like, um, action text and action mailbox you know if you can build it while the rc is being developed then you gotta make sure that everything works really well and um that's obviously something that's a bit harder to do if you're just doing it for free so i I like the idea of like you know maybe a free version and then hopefully we can support it with a paid version as well yeah yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes um but yeah, that is that's about all that's happened in my world outside of trying to wrap up a SaaS app I've been working on for the last six to eight months, and hopefully it's going to launch soon. Six to eight months and having that launch is going to be going to feel good. Well, it'll, a long time. It'll feel good if we get a user. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But I have somebody working with me who's they're actually previously like one of my employers when I worked at a marketing firm. And so like marketing's like their specialty. Uh it's not mine. So that's good. Yeah, and it's the the software is actually for like like he's been modeling after like how could this help my business? So like it's like an actual like scratch that he's itching so it's good it's nice because you know it's kind of nice just to code and you know i'm involved in like some of the decisions about how the product like works and stuff but like he's got the expertise so he's Mm -hmm. in that that uh realm of people cool you'll have to share that whenever you launch it be kind of curious to to see it i'm sure other people would too yeah i will assume well, it's been good to to catch up. It's been fun to talk about Mad Men. Um, yeah, as we're both kind of r- r- post RailsConf recovering. <clears throat> but yeah. yeah, I will, I guess, be on vacation when we typically record next week. So, uh, oh yeah, the other That's thing a- we should mention is we had the joy of uh, recording two RailsConf episodes or re- remote Ruby episodes live at RailsConf. With Justin Searles and Justin Searles and Nate Berkepec. It was pretty fun, except for the um, 
the recording location where we ended up next to the service elevator and the bathroom where you hear the like hair dryer or the hand dryers uh, just go off every randomly once in a while. So hopefully editing turns out good for those. Get off the like service elevator with the world's loudest equipment and like you hear just the most intense conversations for Justin. Justin would be like middle of a sentence, stop, <laughs> wait for the noise to go and just continue. So yeah, without skipping a beat, basically. <laughs> I hope it is. Uh, I hope it is enjoyable. And next year, if we do that, or at RubyConf, if we do that, we will follow the uh, follow the advice of our predecessors. And when advice, I say we will steal their idea and try and get a room at RailsConf. <laughs> Yeah, even if, you know, it's tougher, but, like, going back to the hotel and recording there or something would even be better. But, yeah, yeah it's it's a, it always seems like a good idea, but then the execution is a lot harder, so. Well, it's like we were up in that area, like, both the days before, and it was pretty quiet. And then the day we were up there, it's, like, all hell broke loose. It's, like, construction and the the people that walked by with their keys jangling, like making eye contact with us. I'm like, yeah. do you like, do you hear your keys and see the microphones? Like, yeah, I bet you, they don't really hear it at, at that point anymore. It's just <laughs> yeah. the noise. They tune out. That's uh, all right. It's yeah. I'm hard. looking forward to, uh, um, those releasing soon. So hopefully Gosh, the were such goes fun conversations. They were really good, so oh, I really so hope they turn out good. I've never like, oh, it was so much fun. I didn't want them to end, except for the fact that I was drowning in a sea of noise, and I wanted that to end. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I felt the same way. My OCD and anxiety were like hammering me. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, have a good vacay. And yeah, it should be good. I haven't had a vacation for quite a while, so a week week off, um, no work. Hopefully, will be pretty nice. I'm looking forward to it. Good deal, my friend. Well, talk soon. All right, see you, man.